You are now listening to the ACMS podcast. Welcome back to the ACMS podcast. I'm Benji Bigler, and today I have with me 2019 graduate Kyle Merrill. Kyle started school in January of 2016 with an intent of pursuing architecture, but soon realized that that path wasn't for him. Following advice from his first seminar, he and his wife decided to move to Utah, where Kyle began framing residential homes. With his newfound hands-on experience, Kyle returned to school wanting to be a project manager for a home builder. His first internship was with Centra Homes in Minnesota, and despite the great company, Kyle realized that he didn't want his career to be in residential forever. Kyle then pursued an interest in estimating where he had his second internship with CTI in Ogden, Utah. In 2019, following some divine intervention, Kyle began working with Big D Construction down in Arizona for a year and a half before making his way back to Utah, where he continues to work for Big D Construction today. Kyle, we're grateful to have you here. I'm excited to talk with you, and we're glad that you were able to make it today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and participate. Before we get too far, the bio that you sent me was really interesting. I thought there was a lot of cool points into it. And so if you're up to it, I'd love for you to share a little bit more of the full experience of you when you started with an intent of architecture and then moving into residential and then estimating in the process that kind of took place, if you would mind sharing that story. Yeah, for sure. So it was my, my first semester. Well, I guess it goes all the way back to my oldest brother started in architecture school. He's 12 years older than I am. So when he started college, I was still pretty young. And I just remember staying up late and it was back when he was learning still hand drafting. But I just thought it was cool to see these big plans that he was working on. So that desire, I guess, started back then. Then all through high school, took some architecture classes and honestly, even through my mission, planned on that. And then it was my first semester of college. I got set up with a mentor and he's kind of explaining the, the path to becoming an architect. And I just thought, I don't know if that's for me. It seems like seemed like a lot of math at the time, which is funny now because I'm in estimating. So that's all I do every day. Anyway, yeah, just kind of realized it wasn't my career path. And I think it's a fantastic one and have a lot of good friends that are really good architects. But yeah, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Just knew I wanted to be in construction because the you know fact that we construct these amazing buildings really fascinates me. So still looked into that. And kind of like the bio said, my first thought was, well, I want to work with homeowners and home builders and, you know, build forever homes for people. And so I went up to Minnesota with Centra Homes, fantastic company, a lot of great people. And I learned a ton of things that I even still use today. And like I said, in the bio, I think one of the most vital things I learned is that I just didn't want to do that for my long-term career. So I got looking looking into what else was out there. And right about that time that I was finishing that internship, my brother, he was becoming an estimator at construction as well. So I kind of got looking into that career path and pretty quickly realized that most estimators weren't starting in estimating right out of school. And I think it's because, you know, five, 10 years ago, we didn't have the technology we do today. And so people had to go see how things were built in real life before they could fully comprehend. Whereas now I, you know, don't quite understand something I can go ask someone or we have 4D schedules that I can literally watch the building built in a 3D model and understand what parts and pieces go up against each other and things like that. So I think the fact that we can have the opportunity to start our careers in estimating is is new. Like I said, I had never really heard of that part of construction. So I got looking into that a little more. And then like you mentioned from the bio, 
CTI Construction was looking for an estimating intern. So I was able to get on with them and really enjoyed my six months with them. And then went back to school with the full intent of finding an estimating position full-time after school. And yeah, so it's kind of funny. So I had pretty much a job lined up with Big D in Salt Lake. I'd already been talking to pre-construction director that I would work for. I'd been talking to the hiring manager and it was basically all lined up. And then I called the hiring manager, Becky Robinson, and said, okay, I'm ready. Let's, let's do this. And she said, well, we've had some internal moves and Brian, who I was going to work for, didn't have space on his team anymore. And he had a lot of young estimators. I said, okay, but she immediately said, but we have not an opening in Arizona. And it's been funny because my wife kept saying, I don't know why, but I feel like we need to move to Arizona. And we have no ties to Arizona or we had no ties. You know, neither of us had been there. She had one distant cousin that she hardly knew that lived down there. But we just figured, you know what, God is making us feel this way. We need to go down there. And now this opportunity is coming up. So we decided to head down there to work. Um, really enjoyed our time down there. Just felt like it was time to come back and be back close to family in Salt Lake again. And um, Big D is an amazing company for that. If you say, you know, I want to try this out or I want to, you know, transfer offices. As long as they have an opening and have a need, they'll make it happen. So it was like two weeks after I even brought up the idea to um, the Salt Lake office, they had a position ready for me. So thank you for sharing that. Something that I find super cool and exciting about that is coming in, you had one intent and then it changed to another one and it kind of kept adapting. You didn't have this set goal at the very beginning of this is where I need to be and you followed it, but you changed, you adapted and, and grew and went through different experiences that led you to where you're at now probably isn't exactly where you saw yourself when you started. Going on a little bit more with your school experience that you had while you were here, what experiences did you have with ACMS and the competition teams? So with ACMS, I just thought it was a great way to get to know people. I mean, I still have good friends that I met through ACMS that I talk to and and work with occasionally. Networking is huge, no matter what, if you're in school, if you're in the industry, just always getting to know people and getting to know their names and faces is, is big. So that was kind of my, my goal in going to ACMS was just um, getting to know people most, you know, the social aspect of it. And then competition teams, those are fun and exciting and really hard and tiring and <laughs> all those good things. But I went my last two years up at school down to the, I think it's called the ASC competition in Reno. And it was an interesting experience. The first time I went, brother Sean Jensen had put together this team of, it was everyone's first time. And normally he said he didn't do that. He just kind of wanted to try and experiment and see how it would turn out. And we did surprisingly well, I think, for it all being our first time and not quite understanding the process and managing our time very well. But then the next year we took basically the same team, just one person changed out for someone else, but it was a really cool experience the second time because we fully understood what was going to happen. We knew we had to manage our time a lot better. We knew what exactly the the judges would be looking for. So it was just a good learning experience and being able to handle stress. You know, there's no matter what you do in construction, there's going to be some stress to it. Being But being able to minimize it and work through it and, you know, not let it affect you is something we have to do every day. So those competitions were, I don't know, it's the phrase, just jump right into it and get it done kind of, kind of things and, you know, really quick learning experience. 
would you advise that even if people feel they aren't confident in their construction knowledge or if they feel very new to it, that advise still just jump into it and go for it? Oh, yeah, for sure. One of the kids that was on our team the first year is his, I think, second or third semester. He's like, I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, I mean, nobody really does. You go through school and, you know, you learn a lot of really good things. But I mean, I still got out into the industry and was like, oh, wow, there's there. I read the first two pages of the book of construction while I was at school. And there's, you know, it's a, a thousand page book, basically. Um, but those AC competitions, yeah, it doesn't matter your skills. It doesn't matter your years of experience. It's always going to be a good learning experience. Moving a little bit to the experience that you got with your two internships, can you tell us a little bit more of what that experience was like working with Central Homes and also CTI of <laughs> some of the things you did and things you learned from that experience? Yeah, so Central Homes was cool. It was when I went, it was only the second group of the interns that they had had. And I have no idea if they're still going to BYU Idaho. I assume they are to get interns. But yeah, so Dale Wills, who's the owner of the company, was still kind of learning what to do with us. So we were basically assistant project managers where we would have, we were assigned to one specific project manager and kind of just did what he needed us to do. And then we're also in charge of doing inspections on the homes at different milestones, I guess, through the construction process. So I think one of the biggest things I learned there was a keen eye for detail. Because one of the last inspections we did was a full entire house inspection. You had to look for any chips in the paint. You had to look for any dings in the cabinets. You had to look for any scratches in the flooring. You know, you just had to find everything so that when the homeowner moved in, it was perfect. You know, exactly the way that they should expect their brand new house to be. So it was hours and hours in one house, you know, staring at white walls over and over. Um, and just being able to keep that keen eye for detail while, I guess, not slacking on on finding what you should be finding to fix, basically. My internship with CTI was cool, too. I worked directly under Brandon Briggs, who had actually been at Big D Construction for 15 years. And he was uh, one of the estimators that really developed the way that they do their estimating and that we still do it today. So it was cool to learn directly from him, from someone that had done it for so long and done it so well. Because at CTI, I mean, CTI is a small company. And they don't really have any plans of, of growing too much because they're a small family-owned business. But it, the estimating department was basically Brandon, another guy who had about six months of experience in estimating, and then me. And so it was a jump right into it and learn hard and fast because, you know, they needed me right away to be able to help on big projects. Yeah, so, I mean, both ex- both internships were really good experiences, very different from each other. But I think one of the best things I did was to do an internship in residential and commercial. And I mean, even if you go right into school, knowing that you want to do one or the other, I'd recommend pursuing an internship in both just because you get to experience both types of construction, both sides of the industry. And an internship is a super easy way. You know, it's going to be only five or six months. You know, there's no expectation of you staying there or not staying. You know, it's just a very predefined amount of time that you can experiment with something. And I feel like you can do anything for six months, even if you don't like it that much. That leads me actually to the next question I wanted to ask you about is your time that you spent framing. First off, how, how much time did you spend when you went back to Utah to go frame? It was about six months. It was just during my off track. So I was in school winter, yeah, winter, spring, then had like the summer and fall off. So with that experience, 
now that you are in estimating, would you still advise that students who plan on going to estimating now, would you advise that it's good for them to go out and get that residential hands-on building experience? For sure. I'd say any field experience um, is crucial. The, one of the biggest things about estimating is you have to be able to basically close your eyes and build the entire building in your head. And if you're able to do that, then it just makes things a lot easier to estimate because one of the biggest things about estimating is just making sure you're covering everything. And I mean, that's down to like the nuts and bolts of the building and just every single piece. Because if you don't have a cost included for even if it's a thousand dollars in a $20 million project, you know, that's a thousand dollars that you've lost now. So that's one of the biggest things about getting field experience is just seeing how things are built. And if that's like a field engineer in a commercial project, great. You know, that's good experience. If it's like I did just residential single family home framing, that was still a good experience. Yeah, I'd say no matter kind of what part of the industry you're going to be in, any field experience is good. Is there any other form of experience that you think would also be beneficial specifically to people who want to get into estimating? Is there any experience that they should try to get in while they're in school before they get out in the field? I mean, I know you do a lot of kind of architecture type classes and even I, you know, did Revit classes, things like that. That's a good tool to be able to use. Um, I don't use it a ton, but even just being able to understand, you know, if you're talking to an architect and they're explaining something about Revit or the model that we're using to estimate, it's just an easy, you know, it makes it a little easier for someone like me that I've done a little bit of Revit to, to understand what they're talking about. Whereas, you know, maybe someone that is a little older in construction, didn't quite use that technology or hasn't used it yet. It's, it's a good tool to know. Now that you're in with Big D, uh, what was your experience with them being in Arizona and then transferring back up to Utah? What, what have you learned from them? Being in Arizona was kind of different because you think of Big D and you think of this giant company that everyone knows. Um, Johnson Carlier is a little different. It's been around for almost 100 years. So it's a really old company, but it's had its ups and downs of being out in the market and being really well known. And then when I got there, it was kind of, we we're back on the rise again. So that was interesting, just you know, trying to build that trust and relationship with the subcontractor that maybe hadn't heard of Johnson Carlier very much. And then that's been a very different experience coming to Big D because you say, you know, I'm Kyle from Big D Construction and everyone knows Big D Construction. They don't, they don't ask any questions basically. But I think one of the biggest things I've learned from both companies and especially Johnson Carlier was building good relationships with subcontractors. Tyler Wilson, who's the vice president overestimating down at that office, was really good about letting us as estimators get out and visit subcontractors. You know, we kind of had a goal of at least once a week, either taking a subcontractor to lunch or maybe going and getting cookies and taking them to their office and seeing their facilities. And it was amazing to see, you know, I walked up to a sign company one day and just walked in their door and with a plate of cookies or a box of cookies and said, Hey, can I walk around your shop? And it was, you know, two hours of walking around with the owner and him to, you know, explaining how every machine worked and how they were able to make the signs this size and this color. So it's probably way more information than I needed to know. But the fact that I was there and willing to listen, willing to spend my time with him, I knew that I could call that guy with whatever I needed for signs. And he was always there to help me. So I think that's any, you know, any company, any place, any job you have is building good relationships, especially if you're going to work for a general contractor with the subcontractors, because at the end of the day, they're the ones that are actually doing the work. And then other things I've learned 
kind of alluded to this earlier, but there's a lot of people that have been doing this a lot longer than we have or that I have, especially when you're new in the industry. And it's just not being afraid to ask questions. Um, there's a guy down at in the Johnson Carlier office that he's been doing this. Uh, he's almost 65, so he's been doing it 40 plus years. And he was kind of a funny guy because you'd knock on his door and you'd ask him a question. First, he'll kind of look at you like, well, why don't you already know that? But then he'd, he'd spend his time and 10 to 15 minutes of explaining it. And he'd explain, well, before you do that part of it, you have to do this part. And then after that part's done, you do this. But yeah, just being able to speak up and be outspoken and ask questions, you might feel like an idiot. And I definitely have. But, you know, you're either an idiot or you'd be able to ask a question and you're not an idiot anymore kind of thing, you know. So it's just being willing to be, speak up and ask questions. That's some awesome advice. Thank you so much for that. Is there any other advice you want to throw in as we're reaching the end? Is there any? I don't know, not a ton. Maybe just, I think back to construction documents a lot. And I don't know, the class might have changed a lot since then. But I just thought, man, this is a really weird class. This is a lot of stuff I'm never going to learn about or never going to need. But now it's what I do every single day, basically, is looking at construction documents and needing to understand all the different types of construction, things like that. And then another funny class that I think back to a lot that I thought I would never need is the soils class. One of the things I remember trying to learn is how to read a soils report and I didn't pay attention much. But then, you know, the last almost two years of being out in the industry now, I read soils reports so much. <laughs> so I'd say, even if you don't think you're going to use it, just try to pay attention, you know, try to stay engaged in the class and just be willing to put a hundred percent in because eventually what you're learning now is going to be your livelihood and you know, family to take care of. So it's going to be important one day. Well, thank you so much. As we're reaching the end, we'd like to end it off with our four cornerstone question. Four cornerstones of BYU-Idaho's design and construction managers are to build others through Christ-like service, lead with integrity, design, construct, and connect with our communities, and grow our knowledge continually. So Kyle, as you've worked through all these different positions of doing the framing to the residential and then specifically with working as estimating. Uh, how have you been able to build others through Christ-like service? Um, well, one of the coolest projects I've been able to work on is the Moses Lake Washington Temple. And that was done at Johnson Carlier. And I mean, just working on a temple is cool. It's a ton of work because the church is very specific, rightfully so, on what they ask for and what they expect to see out of a construction company when, when we're going to build these sacred temples and church houses. And, you know, maybe this is kind of an easy way that I had to, to spread the gospel and to um, show Christ-like service. But there is another young intern at the company at the time that wasn't a member. So it was just really cool to be able to kind of, you know, show them on a construction drawing. This is what this room is. And this, you know, without going into too much detail, obviously, you know, this is kind of what happens in this room where we believe in temples because of this. And he was very Christian. So you know, a lot of his views lined up with what we were talking about happened in the temple and things like that. But yeah, like I said, maybe that was kind of a cop-out. It was an easy way because it was, we were working on a temple, but just, you know, being able to teach him about that is cool. And then, you know, there's a lot of guys in construction that maybe were sailors in their past or something like that because of their sailor's mouths. And it's just being able to be a bright light to everyone that's around you, you know, be that one person that maybe isn't using those kinds of words or that isn't talking about those kinds of things and you know, working in Utah, obviously I'm around a lot of other members of the church in Arizona. It was a little bit different, but it's just standing out 
being willing to you know stand up and speak up for what you believe in. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much for your time. We've really enjoyed having you here and we're grateful that you took the time to be able to share your advice with us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to the ACMS podcast.